Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Sonia Waston. Sonia is a suicide survivor, and her award-winning and best-selling memoir, An Impossible Life is a lighthouse of hope for those dealing with mental health challenges. She's been interviewed on top media, including CBS This Morning and The Tamron Hall Show. Her mental health advocacy work includes doing mental health book clubs in women's prisons across the country. Oprah Winfrey participated in one this past April. And we met Sonia. I met Sonia at the National Publicity Summit, and I am so delighted to have you here. Welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to talk to you. So Sonia, let's talk about, let's begin our time together today. I'd love to hear if you know now in retrospect that you might've had some mental health problems even as a child. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think that as my teenage years, Mm -hmm. I did, as we've gone back with my doctors, that's when it really started to show up with some isolating myself from friends, depression, anxiety attacks, but it just wasn't talked about a lot then. It runs in my family and my dad, you know, I have the bipolar obsessive compulsive anxiety disorder. So did my father, but we just considered him eccentric, right? Mm -hmm. Unique. And so I think just a lot of it was just not known what Mm. to do. Mm. So why don't you give our listeners just a little like timeline story of, you know, there you were in your teens, you know, starting to struggle, like move us through the timeline and help us to understand how that ultimately led you to becoming a suicide survivor. Yeah. So my teenage years, I started to struggle. I went to college, struggled in college. I ended up getting married, going to graduate school while my husband, putting my husband through graduate school, being pregnant, having a baby, a lot of stressors that kept just stacking on. And I started getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And my husband through his careers, you know, I ended up gaining over a hundred pounds from emotional eating. I got in an episode, manic episode, spent over $150,000 on credit cards in three months on worthless items. I started self-harming, staying in bed, but I hit it because of the stigma. Nobody wants to belong to a group called crazy. My husband ended up being CEO of a hospital. We attended charity events. I appeared to be living the ideal life, married to the hospital CEO, beautiful home, three great kids, but behind the closed doors held darker storylines. And eventually I got to the point where I believed everybody wanted to die. I was very suicidal. I got 
hospitalized in the psychiatric hospital against my will by my husband. I got diagnosed there and put on medication. Mm-hmm. But as the years went on, I still was resisting getting the help and resisting. I didn't want to have a mental illness. I thought it was a life sentence. I wasn't doing much with my life, you know, staying in bed, you know, not changing my clothes, not showering. And my dad got into an episode and started to refuse to take his medicine and see doctors. I ended up having to hospitalize him against his will. And he did die from suicide. Mm. I got to a point after that, I wasn't dealing with the grieving. And I just got to a point where I felt I had nothing to offer this life. I felt like I was worthless. I had no purpose. People would be better off without me. The pain just silenced all the love of my family, my friends, my children. Of course, I would stand in front of a truck for my children. I love my children. Mm. But that pain just silenced it all. And I went quietly into my bathroom one night and just held my pill bottles and swallowed over a hundred pills in an attempt to take my life. Mm. I was taken to the hospital where my husband was CEO. Luckily, the ER doctors were able to save my life, a life they thought had value at a time I did not. Mm. All right. So there's a lot to unpack here. So I think what I'd like to do to really help any of our listeners who might also be struggling, were there things that you might have been aware of or saw, you know, as you were struggling and getting sicker and sicker, where maybe if you or somebody else had intervened a little bit sooner, things might have gone differently? Do you do you have a sense yes. of that? Oh, absolutely. I tell people now your mental health, they're like, you know, people think, oh my gosh, I'm having mental health challenges. They're the worst thing ever. You know what? They're little alarm bells. Mm. They're little alarm bells that say, hey, maybe you need to practice self-care. Maybe you need to not work so many hours. Maybe you need to get out of a relationship that's unhealthy. Maybe you need to make a job shift. Maybe you need to reset some of your intentions or goals or what direction. They can be signals, little alarm signals that let you know you need to make changes in your life. When you ignore those alarm signals of your mental health, like I was doing, that I needed to make some changes, then they get worse and bigger and bigger until now it is like one of those, you know, house alarm Mm -hmm. going off. Mm -hmm. So they're little alarm bells, but then it just gets, you, you ignore it. And then it becomes really loud to where you can end up in the psychiatric hospital or maybe having a nervous breakdown or having breakdowns of relationships or even in your job. So if you listen to those little alarm bells along the way and make those adjustments, Hmm. actually mental health challenges can be the most impactful, motivating experiences of your life. Mm, Okay. So let's, for our listeners sake, give them some even more clarity on like some of the signals. It's like, I think it's Oprah or somebody, maybe she was quoting somebody who knows, but there's this little saying of, you know, the universe comes with a whisper and then it comes with a knock and then it comes with the two by four and then it comes with the Mack truck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so ideally, just the same way with mental health, we want to actually take the whisper seriously, right? Yes, yes. So if you could maybe list for us maybe two or three whispers that you're aware of now that maybe you weren't then, but in retrospect, as you look back, you can say, oh, if I had chosen differently, 
when this whisper came, things might have turned out differently? Well, number one is I started isolating. Mm. Okay, I know there's a lot of introverts out there that might say, oh, well, I always like to be alone. I don't care if you're an introvert, extrovert, or somewhere in the middle, we all need people, some type of people in our life to have mental wellness. So if you start noticing in your social, whatever that looks like for you, that it starts to change, that may be a time you may need to say, I need to reach out for some help. That might be a little alarm bell saying, hey, you know, you're not taking care of yourself or there might be depression starting. So that's where I would say is number one, if you start to isolate yourself from your unnormal routine of just not wanting to either talk on the phone, communicate, you know, so that's a time. And then the remedy would be is reach out to someone and say, Hey, I need to get some help. Mm -hmm. So I would say isolating number two, you know, they always say, if your sleep pattern starts changing, Mm -hmm. your eating starts changing. Like I started emotionally eating, right? Isn't that an indication? Emotionally eating up to a hundred pounds. I don't know if that's not a red flag. (laughs) That's more, that's more of a knock or right. That's more of a a little bit of a two, two by four. It's not quite the semi truck yet. (laughs) But I mean, right. It started out small. So if you notice disturbances in your sleep Mm -hmm. or you're eating, that's another warning sign. Go in and see your doctor. And start trying to become aware and maybe start digging in a little deeper, maybe get some therapy to try to uncover what is going on. Mm. Another thing that I think is really important to pay attention is concentration in your work. A lot of people say, oh, it's just because I'm stressed. Well, stress, yes, we all have stress that we have to manage. But if you're just unable to concentrate and your brain kind of feels fuzzy, You know what I'm talking about? That concentration, not that you didn't get enough sleep or maybe you're having off day. I'm talking consistent. Your brain feels like it's in a fog. You need to go in and see someone. Yeah. Great. Great list. Okay, ladies, I want you to hear this. Isolating. If you're starting to isolate, it's different than being introverted. That was like really important, right? Because especially with COVID, right? A lot of people who kind of were forced to be in relationships with people at work or during the day when we all went home, I'm imagining that quite a number of those people might have gone slipped right from introvert into isolated. Number two, your sleeper eating patterns, right? And number three, if you're getting brain fuzz or brain fog, it's really important to start to pay attention to those signals. All right. So, What I want to ask you next, Sonia, is, you know, one of the interesting parts of your story is you, you know, had the pretty picture, right? Husband's the CEO, three kids, you know, you, so our culture, you know, many of us are seduced by the culture of busy, right? But I think we're also seduced by the culture of looking good, Right. And so I'd love to have you speak just a little bit about maybe the hesitancy to ask for help because it would pierce the veil of that illusion. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't want to appear weak or maybe they still are carrying some of the stigma that we're working on that it's not my mental health, it's me. I'm broken, not realizing mental health really should be categorized with physical. It's literally, you are becoming physical, your brain, you're becoming sick. It's, Mm -hmm. and so I think, you know, 
becoming aware that it's not you. It's you're starting to get sick. And if you broke your arm, you go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting to have that, you need to go. You know, I think when people are vulnerable and authentic, people actually feel more comfortable. You feel more free, but we have a tendency to want to hold back. And like what you said, appear to be perfect, busy, have it all. But if you can just even start, if somebody says, Hey, how are you? Just even saying, you know what, not really great right now. Mm-hmm. Or if you ask someone, how are you doing? And they say, great. Don't just let it be one of the whatever questions. Follow it up and say, well, how are you great? What's going on great? And then sometimes people will break down and say, actually, I'm not doing great. And it might be an icebreaker for them to open up to you. And I think that also people need to, we need to show ourselves some grace and realize that comparison is the thief of joy. So if you've got another coworker business that they seem super successful or on social media saying, oh, they've got it all. You know what? Comparison is a thief of joy. You are on your own authentic personal journey to being a wickedly smart woman. (laughs) And so you're on your own journey and whatever that looks like and whatever that brings. So embrace it and love it and own it. And I think when you do that, you allow when you have mental health challenges or other challenges to come in and to hold them gently and to get help, grow from them, grow from them and move on. Mm, Beautiful. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about, you know, after the suicide attempt and how you ended up a best-selling author and speaker But right now we are going to take a break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please share with your lovely lady friends and consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We are celebrating. We've got a book that has happened. The Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action and Transforming Worlds. So we're really excited about that. And we are celebrating that we have won eight awards now for the show. So that's pretty exciting. And we are now downloading in 104 countries. So we want to welcome Algeria, our latest country. And we also want to welcome and thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. So we're going to shout out to our listeners. In addition to those in Algeria, let's shout out to our listeners in Denmark and Bermuda. And we will be right back with Sonia Waston. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Sonia Wasden. 
before we went to the break, we mentioned that Sonia has a book and you can get access to her book at the website an impossiblelife.com, an impossiblelife.com. We will have that link for you in the show notes. So Sonia, let's fast forward. How did you end up becoming an author and a speaker and an advocate for mental health? Tell us what happened after you came out of the suicide attempt that inspired you to take your journey and turn it around to be in service to others. Yeah, thanks for asking that question. So while I was in the ICU, after my suicide attempt, my husband came in and told me that a leading psychiatrist there said, next time, take your wife to a hospital where no one knows you. And I thought if I had suffered a heart attack, if I had had a stroke and my husband was CEO of the hospital, would they ask him to not bring me back to that hospital again, but to take me where people don't know me? A fire was lit instantly in me. And I thought I'm done hiding. Mm. The truth has to be told, and I am going to do something beautiful and good with my mental health challenges, with my father dying from suicide, and I'm not going to have fear anymore of what people say. So I decided to join the growing choir of mental health advocacy. So my daughter and I wrote my memoir together. It was quite the healing journey. And yes, it's the Eric Hopper 2022 Grand Prize winner. Congratulations. Um, I, I know. And I have gone on to be a keynote speaker for corporations, organizations, all types, associations. I have, I'm a part of Newsweek's Expert Forum. I've published in the Washington Post. I do mental health advocacy to women's prisons. Oprah came. I have totally turned my life around. If somebody would have told me, So my suicide attempt was six years ago. If someone would have said when I was in that ICU, Sonia, this is where your life's going to be. I wouldn't have believed them. I would have called them a liar. So what I want to say to your listeners is this, have a little more faith in yourself, show yourself a little more grace and dream a little bigger because you are capable of doing so much more than you think you are. And if you have people around you telling you, you can't do it. Listen, my family didn't think I could hold down a job. My husband didn't think I could hold down a job. I couldn't even get out of bed. Mm. You know what? Find that confidence within yourself. You don't need other people to tell you you can do it. It's nice and it's great to have a support system and encouragement, but dig deep within yourself and find that courage and belief in yourself and passion and commitment. And that's honestly, you know, one baby step at a time on this journey and look where I am today. I'm talking mm. to you on the yeah. Wickedly Smart Woman podcast and I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Sonia, I want to take just a second to do a couple of things. First of all, you know, there's an arc to this journey, right? You know, we talked on the front half about, you know, can we short circuit the process so that we're not getting to the point of the the Mack truck, right? Not getting to the point of suicide. And one of the things that you talked about there was asking for help. And what I'm hearing here is not only do we, we need to ask for help and pay attention to the symptoms early, but we also need those, anyone who's struggling with mental health to know that there is a purpose that there is a something unique within 
you as a listener that maybe through this mental health journey is actually some of these symptoms might be indicators that there's something in there that wants to get out that can't because it's trapped in this other illusory space of looking good according to what everyone else thinks. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes, you stated it beautifully. Mm-hmm. I, I Honestly, you stated it beautifully. I have nothing to add on that. What you just said was gorgeous. And I agree. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What made you title the book An Impossible Life? Well, because that's what I felt like I was living. And a lot of people feel like, oh, this is impossible. This is impossible. And my book is a series. So it's an impossible life, impossible wife, impossible childhood. So from my husband's perspective, my daughter, and the last book is a possible life. So Mm -hmm. I'm going from an impossible life feeling like it is, Mm -hmm. even though life is possible, right? Impossible says I am possible to a possible life. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of life I was feeling. I -hmm. just felt like it was impossible. I couldn't succeed. I couldn't do it. I was just trapped. Mm. Well, you know, again, I want to go back to what I just said, really who you are as an author and speaker. Yes. Right. But that, that who you are today, like who you've become, that's been in you latent, like latent and trapped within you. And it's almost as if mental health issues, and this can happen also as physical issues, it can happen as financial issues, it can happen across a broad spectrum. But there is this arc of transformation that happens where we have to bust out of the false life somehow, right? And so what I really want our listeners to hear is that in Sonia's journey, right, what was impossible actually was impossible right? because it wasn't who you were. You were trying to put this round peg into a square hole. Yes. 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 And I think that people need to like what you said, right? Mm-hmm. Find your unique self, your authentic self, not trying to be something else mm-hmm. or trying to reject what is in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you made me think, and I can't remember who the famous poet is, but we all have pain in our life or difficulty. And he said, the pain was necessary in order to know the truth. Mm. So through the pain, we find our truth. Mm. And so pain is always not a bad thing. Mm. And I also want people to know as they're going out to try to be successful, that I've been interviewed over 50 times on local and national news, but I've had 150 no's. Mm. So, you know, so sometimes you people have looked at me, oh my gosh, you're so successful. You've been on Tamara Hall, CBS this morning, all, you know, on the news stations in all 50 states. And it's like, whatever you're pursuing, if a door closes, another one will open. Mm. If a door closes, another one will open. And if you're having pain, you're just discovering yourself. And I love it. The pain is necessary in order to know the truth. Well, yeah. And I think it, it, I like to repeat what you said on the top half of the show too, about comparison being the thief of joy. So if you're comparing yourself to somebody else's, what it looks like on the outside, even let me be clear, 90% of what we see in the influencer space, 90%, I I think a good 90% of what we see in the podcasting space, 90% of what we see in the keynote space, in all of these places and spaces where there's spotlights on people, 
you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I have one other question before we come to the end. And I am curious. It's just coming to me now to ask. It's kind of a weird question. Do you have any sense of what your dad's real potential was that never actually got expressed? Yeah. Now you're going to make me cry. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think that he had great love of people and Mm -hmm. made people feel comfortable where they could open up to him. Mm -hmm. He was a great source of love and light and acceptance for people. And I think that he could have gone on to be a great keynote speaker. I think he could have gone to be a great life coach for Mm -hmm. people. And he didn't, you know, he didn't pay attention to those alarm bells that got so big Mm. and it ended his life. And he could have, I I think he would have been a fantastic life coach, Mm. full of love, full of light, full of understanding, full of passion and encouragement. So yes. Yeah. All right, my beauty. Well, I would love to have you just in the last couple of minutes like two things. First of all, I want to encourage anybody who's listening, who's an event planner or a meeting planner or association exec, who's looking for a phenomenal keynote speaker to reach out to Sonia for our listeners, you know, definitely grab her book An impossible life at impossiblelife.com. In the last couple of minutes that we have, Sonia, is there something on your heart that you really want our listeners to hear about this whole journey that you've taken that would maybe support them to self-love and self-care enough to make the decisions that need to be made to help themselves and get the help they need. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind, I want to tell your listeners, you are enough right here in this moment, even with the pain, even if you're having mental health, financial, you're on your way to businesses family, relationships, you are enough in this moment. You are enough. You have nothing to prove. That doesn't mean we can't grow. That doesn't mean we can't learn. It doesn't mean when we know better, we can't do better. It doesn't mean you can't set intentions and reach goals as we grow. But I think it's important that each day, all we have is really the now. Like you and I, all that's real is the now. Right now, you and I talking and your listeners listening. That's all that's real. So in this moment, I want your listeners to tell themselves, I am enough. I have nothing to prove. I am enough. Mm, Beautiful. Let's say that together. I am enough. I have nothing to prove. (laughs) I am worthy of being alive, right? I I am worthy of being alive. Yes. Thank you, Sonia. I'm so glad you stayed alive. And we're able to join us here today. What a pleasure it's been. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes. You can also send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. 
Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.